You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Monday edition of Locked On Utes. I'm Jake Hatch. That is Brian Brown. Brian, what's up? Living life as a football school today, Jake. It's a, it's a great feeling to get a win on a Saturday. That it is. No other, uh, yeah. no other sports competed, just football. <laughs> no other sports competed. We do have two games to talk about. We do need to talk about a hoops loss for the Utes on the road at BYU, but a big win on the road for Utah football over number 21, Colorado. We're going to examine the things that matter most coming out of this game, what Brian likes to term the stats that matter, and there are some good ones, some key indicators, I guess we'll call them, in this win for Colorado that I think should project well. Also need to talk about the fact that Utah finally knows who they're going to play in their regular season finale. It is the Cougars, but not the Cougars you're probably thinking about, and we'll examine all that ahead on today's edition of the pod. It's all brought to you today by our good friends at Coors Light, as well as Built Bar. Our sponsor today is Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, save yourself 20% on your next order. All right, without further ado, Brian, should we get it going here? Let's get it on. All right, this is Locked On Utes for December 14th, 2020. What's up, everybody? This is the Locked On Utes podcast. I'm Jay Catch. As I said, that's Brian Brown. This is your daily source for all things Utah football, basketball, and pretty much anything else that we have come across our brains. Is that right, Brian? I want to talk lacrosse this spring. Hey. Gymnastics is a big thing with the Utah fan base. Yes. Women's basketball got a really big win last week. So it, I, I think my goal for it is let's let's get you as informed as possible about the Utes. Like, I think I'm, I'm treading in dangerous territory here, but BYU fans probably excel at knowing the most about the most <laughs> unique sports that they have. So sure. Well, we're gonna, as long as yeah. as long as we're going to use the rivalry thing, let's go ahead and use it to our benefit here on Locked On Utes. Absolutely, and that, that's kind of what we want to be. We want to be your one stop every day where you can catch up on everything regarding Utah athletics. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Red Rocks. We're going to talk about women's basketball. I actually ran into Amanda Smith, a co-worker of ours at The Zone, Brian. She is, of course, the color analyst on the Women's Hoops broadcast for Utah. And I told her, hey, we're going to have you involved talking about the Women's Hoops program. That was a big win last week over Oregon State uh, for the Utes in Women's Hoops. So we're going to have it all for you. So the easy way to stay up to date on everything with Utah is to make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from. So for example, Apple podcast, hit that subscribe button. Guess what? When this podcast posts, it updates right there in your feed and you can listen to it right when it drops. Same thing with Spotify, hit that follow button on Spotify. It does the same thing. There are thousands of podcast providers. I feel like out there we're available on all of them. Hit that follow or subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. Yep. And like I used to say on the Utes on Blockcast, subscribe, rate, review. Sure. We are, as always, five stars only in the reviews. Absolutely. We love, fi- we love those five-star reviews and love hearing from you guys your thoughts on the podcast. So please do that as well. All right, Brian, let's break into it here and talk about a win for Utah football on the road at Colorado Saturday. I guess, what do we call it? A brunch? 
kickoff, the 10 a.m. kickoff. Uh, And I have to say, my overall thought on this, we're going to get to your stats that matter here in a moment. My overall thought on this game was that it was a tale of two halves for Utah, I felt like. felt like in the first half, they got off to a pretty slow start, couldn't necessarily get things going. But in the second half, whatever they did, it clicked, and they rolled to a 38-21 road win over the number 21 Buffaloes. It absolutely was. And it was almost a tale of two teams in a sense, you know, in the first half, it was a a defensive team and an offense that was stumbling in the second half. It was an offense that looked like it had something to prove uh, in due, in my opinion, in due part to two, uh, two factors. Okay. First of all, was a change in, in Jake Bentley and his approach to the game. He played with a lot more confidence in the second half. Uh, It was mentioned that by Kyle Whittingham in the post game uh, press conference that, Andy Ludwig had had a stern discussion with Jake (laughs) at halftime. So feel free to speculate, tag us on Twitter, you know, give us your your best responses to what might've been said in that stern discussion at Brown Bear SLC at locked on Utes at Jacob C hatch. Uh, If you have anything funny, we, we love to, I love to read things on air and and, and involve, you know, our, our, our subscribers and everything like that. Um, but that's really what it was that. And then a change at the left guard position, you know, Braden Daniels came in and took over for Keaton bills who had been struggling. And it was Joel Klatt pointed it out on air, but it was very apparent that, that Braden Daniels was a big catalyst for part of the stats that matter. Yeah, so let's get into those, Brian. You had one key one in the rushing game that I, I missed myself. I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of looked at it, but you, you caught on to this, and I think it's a huge key in how this game flipped on its head and Utah rolled to a pretty easy victory, all things considered. Mm-hmm. And that first stat that I wanted to bring up to you was the, the difference in yards per carry in rushing in the first and second half. First half, it was 2.4 yards per carry. In the second half, it was 7.2. That's a massive difference. Now, oh, some yeah. of that was probably due in fact to the fact that Toy, Ty Jordan had a massive uh, long run. But overall, Utah was able to move the ball much more efficiently in the second half. Uh, Braden Daniels was a big part of that. And in, in part of what he was able to do was in, in the zone scheme that Utah was running, he was able to get to the second level to the linebackers and occupy the backers. Now, there was also a big loss on the Colorado side of the ball with Nate Landman going sure, down, sure. Uh, non-contact injury. It looks to me like it was an ACL. Hard to speculate on some of that stuff, but the way that he grabbed at his knee, it was – that was a hard thing for me to see just because he is such a competitor, but um, it was more than likely beneficial to the Utah offense overall. Um, the second stat that matters that I want to get to is that this was the first game – in Kyle Whittingham's career as head coach at the University of Utah, where his team did not have a penalty. So what are we, 16 years in here with Kyle Whittingham? That is correct. And as far back as I could find, which was 2003, that was the last time that Utah had had a game without a penalty. That's incredible, frankly. It's it's insane. Now, there's going to be a couple of naysayers out there going to say, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Wait just a second. There was a penalty flagged. Sure. It was declined. And so in the official stat, log that does not count and it should there was some debate on twitter about whether or not it should have been opi with with the play involving clark Phillips or not i'm not going to speculate on that because it's pac-12 refs and who Who cares (laughs) hashtag pac-12 refs baby the hashtag pac-12 refs that the bane of my existence but i think those two statistics really point out the progress that this utah's team has made you know there were still some mistakes there was a play with uh 
Oh, Jerry's kid. Oh, Rice. Brendan Rice. Yes. Brendan Rice. Uh, I've been thinking about that name all morning. So, of course, it slips my mind the second I need it. You know, where they threw a little laser or a bubble screen out yep. to him out in the flat. And he took that for six. And that was one of those. Uh, I'll call it a freshman mistake where where the safety there comes in and he's a little out of position. He's a little over leveraged. He's above the blocker. And so as he tries to reach around to make the tackle, you know, Rice slips inside of him, takes it to the house. It's a it's it's an easy score for Colorado. You know, the other one that, that that I broke down a little bit on Twitter, along with Casey Evans, who was kind enough to contribute, former safety at the University of Utah. You can go back and read that if you want, was the one that Colorado called where they had the wide receiver heading on a fly route. Utah's in cover two. It's hard for the safety to get it over because they're running another not not so much a dig, but an inside kind of almost it's, like a post it's route. Dr- it's drawing him inside. Yeah, I know yep. what you're talking about. Bringing the safety in, drawing the quarter inside. And so as that outside receiver releases to the outside and goes upfield, Nolan – or uh, not Nolan. Sam Noyer. Uh, yeah. Woo. Names are tough today. Sam Noyer okay. hit him with the perfect ball. And that was another easy touchdown that Colorado got. Um, that is more of a coverage beater. But at the same time, as you start to develop and and, and really grow as a player, you're kind of zooming in on that. But I think what we're really seeing out of these baby youths is that the development overall has, 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 got, has, has accelerated so quickly. And the offense finally started to catch on. Yeah, it did. And yeah, whatever was said at halftime to Jake Bentley, it got to him because he did play a lot more confident in that second half. He was throwing balls, putting them on the money, finished the game 20 of 32 for 240 yards, two touchdowns against the one interception, a QB rating of 79.6. If I'm not mistaken, that's probably his best outing and just maybe not stats wise, but in my opinion, that's his best outing as a quarterback for the University of Utah, especially that second half. He seemed like he was truly the field general that uh, a guy like Andy Ludwig thought he was getting coming in from South Carolina. I don't think that Utah needs, uh, you know, crazy, impressive quarterback play. They need game managers. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly think that the dream quarterback for Kyle Whittingham for the last 15 years has been Alex Smith. That's all he ever (laughs) wants. You know, the most, I think there's shades of Alex Smith and Peter Costelli. Um, You know, I think uh, AJ Zamora, uh, who is the recent commitment for the 2022 class quarterback has, has strong shades of Alex Smith. Um, So, you know, those are the kinds of things that, that, that Whittingham loves, that that cerebral game manager. And I think that that's what Jake Bentley is starting to evolve into is a quarterback who is not going to make the critical mistake that kills him. Now, he did throw an interception. I think most people will give him a pass because it was shown later on on the replay. The ball was knocked out of his hand as he's yes. throwing. And, and Bentley is dealing with, you know, some stuff in terms of the offensive line where he's facing a rush. And, and so uh, – they're taking those steps. It is a team that is supposed to grow. They're replacing two of the best starters that they've had in the, in the Kyle Whittingham era at quarterback and wide and running back. And so we're starting to see that evolution and that's a good thing. Yeah. That rush game was impressive in the second half. My one final thing I wanted to mention it from this game that I was very impressed by is Britton Covey. This young man, when he's healthy, adds an element to Utah's offense that they have severely lacked ever since he got nicked up. He has. And, and I think, you know, it's interesting about Covey. He has, um, you know, he has the toolbox there to, to be a really impact guy. Sure. We saw it on the little post wheel where, where Bentley hit him right in stride mm-hmm. and he was wide open for the touchdown. Uh, we saw it in the return game. And that was something that he mentioned in the post game uh, press conference. He said, 
uh, on the kicks and punt returns and his ability to give them good starting field position. He said, it's critical. I talked to coach this week about giving me more freedom on taking kick returns along with punt returns. They're much different because the momentum is usually with the team kicking off because they scored or whatever it is. If you can then switch the momentum back off of a good kick return, that is huge for the offense. And that's something that he really did well on Saturday is gave them good field position. There were a couple where he took it out where maybe you kind of watched it and thought like maybe, you know, just fair catch it, start on the 25, whatever. But I think that combined with everything that he adds into the offense, he had one flub, uh, you know, where, where they were trying to run a pass and, and, you know, the ball kind of got away from him, but, I think he flubbed that mostly because he was so gassed from everything that he'd <laughs> yeah. been doing up to that point. He yep. basically had led them all the way down the field by himself. And he was, in, he was, he is the kind of player that even people like me who want to go against whatever the popular thing or, or whatever the trend is sure. have to stop and say, man, he's incredible. He is incredible. We'll get to some more on Utah football. We need to talk about the announcement. They will face off against Washington state in the regular season finale, a home game. We all wondered if Utah would finish the season at home at Rice Eccles. They will, we'll break that down. We also need to get some, to get to some basketball notes as the Utes suffer a setback in Provo against the university of Utah. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. Today's show though, brought to you by our good friends at Coors Live. Brian, as you said, you love to chill and relax with the cores, right? There is nothing I love more than to tap the Rockies, Jake. You know, <laughs> one of my good friends, we'll, we'll call him Matt. Okay. Uh, he also is a big fan of Coors Light. And, and one thing that we love to do is just get together, relax, have a nice cold beverage, and enjoy one another's com- company. And there's no better way to do it than with a can of Coors Light. Absolutely. Coors is made to chill, literally, guys. We're always feeling like 2020 has been a a really crazy year for many of us. We're always feeling like we're go, go, go. But guess what? Coors can help you chill when you finally do get that minute to sit back. Coors Light is the one that Brian and I choose when we need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill, literally. Get Coors Light as well in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com, guys. It's a great way to have it delivered to you. We're all about having stuff delivered to us in this day and age, Brian, you know that. Amazon, everything else. Well, Coors Light, they're right there with you guys. Check it out. Please celebrate responsibly. That's Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Check them out once again. Get.CoorsLight.com. All right, as we just talked about, Utah got a big win on the road in football, but it went much differently, it felt like, for, for Utah basketball on the road in Provo, the annual Holy War game at the Marriott Center. A weird atmosphere, Brian, with just family and friends of both coaching staffs and players in the stands. So much different environment, but Utah suffers a setback getting beat by the Cougars. What were some of your initial takeaways in this 82-64 to 64 loss? It was a struggle for the Utes almost from the beginning, and it was a BYU team that looked like they had something to prove after a difficult loss against Boise State. And we talked in the in our Friday episode of Locked on Utes about how playing Idaho State could be a little bit of a detriment to Utah sure. and, and the, the letdown factor, and it looked like they carried some of that sluggishness into the game. Now, as they tried to close out the first and second halves, they, there was a lot more effort, a lot more fight, a lot more close. 
but it wasn't a team that looked like it really was very comfortable and confident in itself yet. And BYU exposed them. Yeah. The one guy I wanted to watch well, two guys I want to talk about in this game that were huge contributing factors in the win at the at the Huntsman Center last year for the youth when they beat the Cougars in overtime were Timmy Allen and Ryland Jones. Ryland Jones had his career high 25 points in that win. Timmy Allen was absolutely incredible in that game. But in this game against BYU, Timmy Allen finishes with nine points. Ryland Jones just seven points. Allen shoots three of 11 from the field. Ryland Jones two of 10. Two of Utah's best players had quite possibly their worst game of the season to date, and it hurt them in a big way. It did, and and we had talked a little bit about the, the opportunity for Pella Larson to step sure. up and, and be a guy who could carry the team a little bit, and and he had a also a very very pedestrian yeah. game. If you oh for three that, zero points, yeah, three turnovers, not a great outing for him off the bench. No blocks, no steals, no rebound. Okay. One rebound, you know, it almost a club trillion right there, if if you will. <laughs> yes. Um, good, good. Hey, by the way, good pull on that club trillion. I'm glad you got that reference. Many of our listeners may not get that, but you should get up to speed if you don't. Yeah. And if you don't listen to the Titus and Tate podcast, you know, get to it after you listen to Lockdown yes. Utes. It's a great college basketball podcast. Um, uh, but we talked... Again, on Friday, just going back to it, we talked about Utah needing to rebound. They Mm -hmm. were out rebounded defensively 36 to 17. We talked about them needing to get shots. They shot 32% from three and 36% from the field. So in our stats that that matter, those ones are up on my list. But another one that really matters is free throw percentage. They shot 58%. Now they were only seven of 12 from the free throw line. But again, this is all indicative of the fact that they were not aggressive. Mm -hmm. They did not go after rebounds. They did not go after the parts of the game in which they had an opportunity to sway things into their favor. And BYU was able to capitalize all game long. They were. I thought the big key in this game, in my opinion, of course, you guys know that I host the Locked On Cougars podcast. There was one guy on BYU side of things I felt like really tipped this game on its head, and that's Richard Harward. He came off the bench for BYU, went 7 of 7 from the field. I'm not sure he took a shot more than, I think, probably 5 feet away from the basket, Brian, but he tallied 15 points and 7 rebounds, and it seemed like every one of those 15 points was an absolute dagger for the Utes. They came at critical times, and that was another thing, too, that it felt like BYU, anytime they scored, they were it wasn't just one or two buckets. It was six or eight points that always sure. stretched the lead back out, and Utah was able, never able to capitalize. Um, I, I do want to end on a little bit of a positive note. Alonzo Plummer, or excuse me, Alfonso, Alfonso Plummer, Plummer yep. um, had actually a really solid game. You know, 33 minutes played, seven for 15 from the field, four of eight from three, uh, three rebounds. Uh, excuse me, five rebounds total, total, two assists, one steal for 19 points. That's the kind of production that I think Utah really does want to see from him moving forward. Uh, but at this point in time, uh, two and one going into games next week, we still don't really know what this team is, uh, but it does look like they have work to do as they start to get into the conference schedule. Yeah, I, I, I did really like what Alfonso Plummer showed, especially shooting from deep. Four of eight, you shoot 50% from beyond the arc. That's a good outing for you. I also wanted to tip my cap to Yontanen. He took a massive elbow to that nose. Uh it didn't look like it was broken per se, but obviously I am no doctor as we talk about speculating on stuff like that. He, of course, had the, his both his nostrils were all plugged up because of the blood. He came back in wearing the number 45 jersey after he got blood all over his other jersey. I do give him a tip of the tip of the cap because that elbow, while inadvertent, I felt like still, man, to take a blow like that and continue playing on. I tip my cap to you, young man. 
Yeah, and and on the broadcast they did mention that he wanted to stay in yeah. even before yep. <laughs> he's having to go back to the locker room and get his yeah. nose plugged. He's he's a, so t- he's next, a tough sucker. Like, yeah, he is. And and that's always been his MO is that he's a tough kid and he fights and that he's he's able to to really use his effort and his energy to, to get ahead on a lot of stuff in the basketball court. The nice part kind of projecting ahead, and we'll talk about this as the week progresses here, Brian, is there are two more games in the non-conference schedule for Utah here this week, and I think both of them are pretty winnable. First up is UVU tomorrow night. There'll be a 5 o'clock tip-off on the Pac-12 network. UVU is a, a team that battles hard, Brian, but I don't necessarily think that they have the guys that can hang in a game. They, they played Wyoming me extremely tough on Saturday. Uh, Fardaz Amak, we're going to have to talk about him on tomorrow's podcast and when we preview that game. He's an absolute beast on the interior. If, if Utah allows him to get his way, they could have some struggles against the Wolverines. Then also, they're going to play uh, this week also against Idaho. The Vandals, very much in rebuilding mode. I feel like this is a week where Utah should be able to win two games going into conference play. Yeah, absolutely. It's the old, uh, you know, week of finals, yep. Rick Majera style scheduling where you try and schedule a, a less difficult opponent. And, and you talk about Utah Valley. They're a team that very much resembles their head coach, uh, legendary Mark Madsen. Mad dog know, himself. Who, yeah. If you don't know who that is, what is it? Yo soy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what it is. Yeah, you're right. Um, Yo soy mad dog or something like yeah. that. Yeah. He's he. He does. He his team does play the style that he played when he was an NBA player, also at Stanford, and they do they, they get after it. So it'll be an interesting matchup tomorrow night. We'll preview that on tomorrow's podcast. Give you a little bit of a heads up of what to look forward to on tomorrow's show. All right, Brian, let's switch back over and talk some football. Utah found out who their regular season finale opponent will be, and it will be a home game. That's the good news: is that there will be another home game for Utah. No fans, sadly, in the stands though. And we'll talk about the Washington State Cougars here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, talk about your favorite thing in the world to eat, Brian, Built Bars. You love Built Bars. I love Built Bars. I think anybody who has tried a Built Bar has to admit they are the best tasting protein bars on the market. Listen, I will go and eat a Built Bar for dessert. That's how much I love it. It is you know, we talked about favorite flavors. Uh, I don't think I have a favorite anymore. I think it's just whatever I'm feeling at the moment. That's where I'm going to go with the coconut almond. They say it tastes like an almond joy. I don't like almond joys, but I love the coconut almond built bar. Okay. Uh, the mint brownie or mint chocolate is another favorite of mine. Uh, the cherry barcia one that Scotty G has recommended to yes. me. Another good choice. Uh, Built Bar is a great option if, if you're on the go, if you just need a snack, if you've got the case of the hangers and you want to get some protein in your system, get you feeling a little bit better, but have some taste to go along with it. There's no better option than a Built Bar. Yeah, there are over 20 flavors now of Built Bars. I guarantee they've got one that you will enjoy. What I love about Built Bars, they're perfect for the health conscious guy or gal, whether you're trying to lose or maintain your weight while indulging in a delicious treat, they're there for you. They're low calorie, low sugar, but high protein, high fiber. That is the best part about it. If you're on the keto diet, they're the perfect fit for that as well. So check it out. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON when you're there. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You can get 20% off your next order. Brian and I wholeheartedly endorse Built Bars. They are delicious. They legitimately taste like a candy bar. So check them out. That's promo code locked on at builtbar.com. 
All right, Brian, as we wrap up this Monday edition of the show, we did find out yesterday that Utah finally knows who they're going to play in this regular season finale. When they announced the Pac-12 schedule originally, this final week was supposed to be a, what they were calling it, a championship crossover type of a matchup where one played one for the Pac-12 championship, and that'll be Washington and USC. Two versus two, three versus three, four versus four, and on its head, it was a great idea, but I feel like what they've done here where they're just kind of putting teams together who can fit and uh, kind of gerrymander around it, especially uh, playing some games that maybe got canceled earlier on in the year. It's not a bad idea to finish out the season in that way. No, it's not. And, and what this evolved into pretty quickly was just a, an opportunity for the Pac-12 to fulfill their game requirements sure. in order to fulfill their TV uh, contracts and get the whatever $27 million it is that they, they, they get annually as part of being a TV partner with ESPN and Fox. Um, I think it's an interesting matchup for the university of Utah. I had heard rumors swirling that it might be ASU. That's what I was hearing too. Yeah. I'd heard other rumors swirling that it might be Stanford. And if you look at the order, Utah had played Washington. And then the following week, Stanford had played Washington. Utah had played Oregon State. Stanford had played Oregon mm-hmm. State. So there was some correlation there. I think that would have been a fun matchup as well. Um, but I think instead, the, the conference moved to give Utah a home game, to send Washington that direction. You know, it, it, I don't know how much Utah fans are aware that Stanford is essentially homeless right now. They're, they are. They're playing in Seattle. And so I think maybe they decided that the more prudent move was to keep Utah at home, send Washington State that direction, and try and get a good matchup out of that one. And and it should be a good matchup. It's it's not so much the old Mike Leach versus Kyle Whittingham conflicting styles that it used to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, the, but there is a lot there to break down, and, and obviously we'll be filling people in all week long on, on what to look for and what to watch for here on Locked on Utes. Uh, Key things that you'll need to know, kickoff will be at 11.30 a.m. Mountain Time. It will be televised on FS1, so get your brunch recipes ready. Yep. You know, grab your Coors Light, make yourself a, a Mormon mimosa if that's your thing, a little Mountain <laughs> Dew and orange juice. Um, whatever it is, you know, get yourself ready for that, and, and it will more than likely be the last game of the season for the University of Utah, pending a bowl invite. Yeah, the the bowl season this year seems like it's all kinds of jacked up. We're seeing bowl games drop out left and right. We're also seeing multiple teams opt out of playing in a bowl game. I think uh, Pitt, Virginia, uh, who else? Uh, Boston College have Boston all College. have all opted out that I'm aware of. There probably are more out there. Um, and I think as things go along, Utah could find themselves with a bowl invite at some point here. But I'm also with you, Brian. There's a lot of thought that maybe this is the final game of the year of 2020 for Utah, but it's a fun opponent. The run and shoot that is being implemented up there at Washington State will prove uh, to be a challenge. The nice part is it's a day game. It's not a late night kickoff and you're not going to be sitting there and Utah's going to be playing in near frigid temperatures with potential weather implications. So I think this is a fun matchup to finish out the season the right way. And a guy like Jaden Delora, the quarterback for Washington State, as a true freshman, that young man looks like he has a pretty bright future and Utah may get an early look at what they're going to be facing for the next few years. Yeah, absolutely. He's, you know, St. Louis high school mm-hmm. uh, graduate. And, and if you don't know anybody from St. Louis high school, you better j- check just about every NFL roster because there's probably at least one player on there from St. Louis high school. Uh, and that's St. Louis high old- school in Hawaii. Let's be clear about that. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So for, for older Utah fans, you'll recognize the name Darnell Arsenault mm-hmm. as one of the more famous alumni for those who are more of a, the current generation to uh Tango Vailoa, yep. Tango Vailoa, I should say, pardon me. Um, 
you know, probably the biggest name to come out of there in recent years. Uh, Kahanu Kia, I believe, is a St. Louis product. Uh, current Ute Kamoi Latu is a safety sure. on the roster, yep. also from St. Louis. So yeah. uh, Delara from St. Louis. Uh, Nick Rolovich, head coach, knew him very well from his time in Hawaii. Decided that as soon as he took that Washington State job, that that was the guy that he wanted to lead him. And and he's been effective. He's He throws a great ball. He has a lot of good touch. He's very accurate. He fits seamlessly into that system. And he has some weapons around him that he can use. Um, and as we were discussing, um, Max Borgie, yep. it does look like we'll play in that game. So that's another um, aspect to be concerned about if you're, you're the University of Utah football team. Yeah, so it should be a fun one. As Brian said, we'll be breaking it down all week long. We'll have the press conference audio from Kyle Winningham and players as they examine the matchup for themselves as they take on Washington State this week. We'll also talk about Utah hoops. There's plenty to talk about. and We're going to have a lot of fun each and every day talking Utah sports with you guys. As we said in the open, make sure to follow and subscribe wherever you're listening in from. Also, leave us a rating and review. We're all about those five-star ratings. That's all we want. So make sure to leave us those ratings and reviews love your guys support of the podcast brian any parting shots from you as we go out here utah by five let's get it done all right there you go big thank you once again for supporting the podcast if you'd like to reach out anytime advertising questions just overall comments commentary whatever you got feel free to email the show locked on utes at gmail.com follow the show on twitter at locked on utes follow brian brown at brown bear slc and myself at jacob c hatch on twitter and we will catch you guys tomorrow